millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Elliot Richards needs a life. You're the man, Elliot. It's all about first impression. Go over there, say hello. But most of all, he wants Allison. Hi. Hi. Do I know you? Oh, I sure hope so. We've only been working together for the last four years. I don't think I've ever seen you before. <laughs> you know, I'm here with some friends, and I was wondering if maybe you wanted Elliot has never had any of his dreams come true. I would give anything to have that girl in my life. Until now. Hello. You're very clear. I bet you're a whiz with the ladies. Well, let's go someplace quiet so we can talk. Um, okay. What if I told you that I have the power to give you anything and everything you've always dreamed of? Who are you? Promise not to tell anyone? I'm the devil. Yeah, right. I am the devil. Satan, Lucifer, the prince of darkness. Well, the princess of darkness anyway. Why don't we take a look at the contract? I, the devil, with offices in Purgatory Hell in Los Angeles, will give you seven wishes for one piddling little soul. Is this real? It could be. Sign it, Elliot. Okay. I wish that I were married to Allison and that I were very, very rich and very powerful. You got it. Muy buenos días, señor. ¿Le apetece algo de comer? Como dices, no habla español. Un momento. Realmente estoy hablando español. Hola. Mucho gusto. No, gracias. Soy alérgico a los crustáceos. Elliot may have seven wishes. You turned me into a drug dealer. You are spirit and powerful. But she's not going to give him. Back so soon. A chance in hell. Bedazzled. Nobody gets it totally right right away. That's why you get seven wishes. Besides, do I look like somebody who tried to trick you? Indiana Jones Avengers Endgame and follows I'm telling you, the devil gypped me for a hamburger. I'm Sebastian. I'm gay. Well, thanks for dropping by. <laughs> I'm Andy Schossler. And welcome to our review of Bedazzled. Uh, my close second quote was, don't you think that secular humanism is yummy? <laughs> <laughs> I had um, uh, the cookies line. These look like the cookies my grandma used to make. And he tries one. These are the cookies my grandma used to make. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the power I have, Elliot. Welcome to Bedazzled. So, 
great film. Lovely film. I saw this actually in cinemas growing up. So this is one of the ones that the few Brendan Fraser films I'd seen prior to this review. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a really fun I film. I love it. It's one of my favourites. Yeah. It's such a massive thing for Liz Hurley too. Yes. Especially after this film. Not so much after Austin Powers, but definitely after uh, after Benazzled. See, I knew her from Austin Powers primarily. Yeah. What did she ever do apart from these two films? Because I can't think... I mean, I'm sure she's done films. I just can't think of seeing her in any other movies. <laughs> she was a model. That's how she made her big fame. I think Austin Powers was the first big film she was in. I'm just curious if I... I was, I was having this conversation with my wife and just, what exactly is Liz Hurley famous for? Is it modelling? Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, she wanted to be a dancer. Sure. Well, that's fun. Um, yeah. And then she did the whole Shane Warne thing. Hugh Grant, she was dating Hugh Grant for a while as well. Was she? Yeah. <clears throat> So this film's directed by Howard Ramis. Yeah. Or Egon Spengler, if you will, <laughs> which is, that's exciting. I, I was surprised when his name came up in the credits because if I had to pick, I guess, which ex-Ghostbusters um, alumni wrote this film, I would have said, if you gun to my head, this has got to be a Dan Aykroyd project. Really? Because it was all about the devil and the occult in that way. I Not know, as nerdy about I know, it, but- I know. Yeah, whereas if Dan Aykroyd was involved, it would have been four hours long and yep. <laughs> featured the history of how the devil became the devil. Pretty much. It's pretty condensed in this one. Actually, just jumping the trivia a little bit, it was only because Ghostbusters 3 fell over mm. as, a, as a project that Harold Ramis decided he did want to direct Bedazzled after all, which pushed the production date back a year while they did their script rewrites. Yeah. And as a result, he had to relinquish his uh, directing duties on Galaxy Quest. He oh. was still a producer, but he was in line to direct Galaxy Quest. Who did direct Galaxy Quest? In there? I'll look that one it up. It was uh, Dean Pariseau, who did a lot of TV yeah. up until Galaxy Quest. He hadn't done a big film. And more recently, he did Bill and Ted 3, Face the Music, oh. which is shit. Yeah, it's not that great, is it? But it, I think that's the writing that let it down, not the directing. Okay. I mean, Galaxy Quest is still good. and if Galaxy Australia, Quest is fantastic. On stand right now. Yeah. And I think it's also on that binge one. I got binge to watch the Justice League remake sort of thing. Yeah, right. We can talk about that, actually. Uh, we should have talked about that last week where we had binge? like time. Or no, the Justice, the League. Justice no, League. thank you. God, no. Honestly, I was... Not me alone. God, I need a buffer for that. Because <laughs> I've got like three things to say about it and that's it. Did you watch the new one? No. Oh. The first thing I have to say is I'm not interested. It's four hours the long. Second, the second thing is I, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just don't don't find anything in this appealing whatsoever. Yep. It was better. And the third one is no thanks. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> I'll just say that the the Zack Snyder version of Justice League is a lot better than the Joss Whedon one. I think that's a pretty popular consensus. Right. No one's going to be ruffled by that one. Um, it is four hours long, but it breaks into chapters, so you can watch it and right. just stop and then restart. I did it in one, in one hit because I just wanted to finish it. Sure. Um, I know the Red Letter Media guys did a review of it. I watched that as well, and yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched that. I'm just not... That's how much I'm not interested in. I like those guys, and I've watched a lot of their reviews of mm. films that I have no interest in seeing. I'm just not interested. They do all. a nice back and forth between the Joss Whedon one okay. and the Zack Snyder one to see like the points of difference and stuff. Um it was better. It yeah. was, it was better. Um, I still think the director's cut of, or the extended version of Batman versus Superman is the best of like those three, like of Man of Steel, BVS, and Justice League. That extended cut of Batman v Superman is actually really good because it makes a story that didn't make sense make a lot of sense and okay. all the characters make perfect sense throughout it. It's what I wanted. I want my Batman to make sense, just a little bit. I don't mean to dampen the mood, Seb, but you're having a conversation with yourself at this point. Yep, but <laughs> um, so bedazzled. <laughs> 
Love what? this movie. Have, have you ever seen the original? No, I was actually the, I was considering maybe we should have doubled them up. But no, the 1967 um, Peter Dudley, uh, Peter Dudley, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Yeah, did a thing. Uh, if you like their comedy, it's very much their kind of style of, of things, but it's fifty years old at this point, and storytelling has changed quite a bit. Have you ever seen the original producers? Yes. The Mel Brooks yeah, yeah, yeah. movie, not the musical, the, the yep. movie. That was done in the same year as the original Bedazzled, ah. right? I quite like the producers, but I think that's because I like Mel Brooks' uh, humour. Yep. Right? Whereas I never gelled with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, and I've, and I've never enjoyed the original. The few times that I've tried to watch it, I've never really uh, latched onto it. But this version, the 2000 Brendan Fraser uh, Liz Hurley one is just fantastic. I love it. Is the devil a female in the original as well? Peter Cook plays the devil. Peter Cook is a boy. There we go. Okay. <laughs> he plays George Spigot. Well, that's one of his names, but yes. Is that an anagram? No, that's the name that's on the um, at nightclub as the as the proprietor, which I'm sure was some English law that you had to... For any nightclub, you had to display the name of the proprietor. So I'm sure that's an in joke. For again, it's it's a you know social commentary of fifty year old, um, a fifty year old society. So it's, there there are just things that aren't going to translate very well unless you were alive or you know knew someone who was alive at the time. Is there a version of this film that isn't a comedy? Like, <coughs> is there an actual proper like sell your soul to the devil consequences sort of movie? There must be. I'm sure there's you know it's some take of some. Mythical tale, or or some or some morality tale, but bedazzled as a as a film. The first one was the Peter Cook Dudley Moore one. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm going to do my own little side project <laughs> research right now because I'm curious if there's been like a no, um, it's it's kind of a spin on 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 the same uh, you know um, uh, Arabian Nights. You know, be careful what you wish for. Monkey's ball kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. This, this is 100 percent a movie yeah. though, with a, a with a Liz Hurley shaped monkey's ball. Yeah, it's not it's not a new story, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So I was just more but curious. Done was. very well. This one was done very oh, well. This one is really fun. Um, Brendan Fraser. Hey, look at me. I can act. <laughs> what? Well, he can. And He's then, got range. Yeah, and a huge range in this one film. Um, I guess we'll, we when we'll go through the actual review, we'll go over. I guess the six to seven wishes that he actually does live through. Mm. I've got five wishes written down. Yeah, but it's six wishes. So yeah. We'll go through them in the in the thing, but we've got drug dealer, sensitive, mm-hmm. basketball player, mm-hmm. the writer, and Lincoln. Lincoln, that's the one I was missing. Thank, because I was so quick. He wanted to be a president, you know, yep. give back to his country, and then Big Mac, which happens before the contract is signed. Sure does. So that's a bit of the devil being the devil and retroactively signing. I'm sure that was part of the contract that anything you've wished for is automatically tallied onto the seven that you're getting as a result of signing this contract. Now, I think it's a rewrite. Because in the <laughs> trivia that I was reading anyway, there was originally a wish where he became a rock star and they cut it because it was like a lot of swearing. They, they filmed it even. Yeah. Um, drug use, I think they took like a bong hit or something in it. I think that there was originally meant to be that sixth wish and the seventh wish ends up being what it actually is when he you know, wishes for the Allison to have a good life, whatever it was. Possibly. But, but they but cut it and fell back in the Big Mac as a joke. Maybe, but the film was screen tested. So I, I presume that they had a few of those up their sleeve and they could just replace them. Like, yeah, if, like if the Lincoln joke didn't land, they could swap one of them out, just whichever one landed the worst. And it just happened to be the rock star. 
Well, no, he fucked I, the rating up. Apparently, I don't think the Big Mac and Coke was was um, uh, sort of a, a sign idea because in the original, he wishes for a popsicle. Yeah, and then that comes back on. No, him. no, and and then they they make the trip. They they go to the store. He orders he orders him the popsicle, and he says, "No, oh, I've only got a million pound note. Do you have do you have sixpence that you can pay the girl?" And Dudley Moore says, "Well, I could have done that, and yeah, <laughs> I was expecting a miracle." Yeah, you know, <laughs> and they do the same thing where it counts as a wish. Okay, so maybe that was the plan. Yeah, and then immediately uh, to to prove himself as the devil, Peter Cook sort of snap, snaps his fingers and instantly transports him to the thing. Whereas in this version, a, a Lamborghini uh, Diablo, Diablo. Uh, shows up and she drives uh, Elliot to the nightclub. Uh, Lamborghini Diablo, uh, fun fact: ten-year-old Sebastian's favorite car. Eh. Uh, it has what the fun Lamborghini doors. Why? It looks like a mean car, and it has the fun gullwing, the slide slide door. It's not the gullwing with the slide open doors. What more did you want in a car? I don't know. It, it's a fun looking car. No, I thought the Countach was ugly, and I thought the Diablo was ugly. The Gallardo was the nicest Lamborghini for a long time. Well, since but the first one, the Mura, it's a fucking beautiful car. Jokes and all them, I would definitely have a DeLorean these days. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's back. It's ugly. Yeah, but it's now like fun retro. Uh, and once again, gullwing doors. Maybe when it's done up to look like the time machine DeLorean. Yeah. Because just the straight DeLorean is, is a, it's just silly looking car. Think- it's like it's like a 1990s you know, fancy Nissan. I'm looking at it to see what it looks like <laughs> without nothing, the time stuff. And there's nothing think- awesome about it at all. Oh, it's kind of cute. Uh, There's one for sale in New South Wales. Good luck keeping the stainless steel clean. Oh God, why is that a thing? <laughs> why did they do that? Because it was that was a part of the look. The DeLorean didn't want it painted. Oh, so they're all the same color. They're all brushed, uh, uh, polished uh, stainless steel. Interesting. Um, it's listed for eighty-eight thousand dollars in New South Wales. So it's. Definitely worth something to someone. I'm sure it's a collector's piece. Yeah. Yeah, fail a piece of history. Like that, <laughs> that, that car Homer Simpson invented with the yeah. bubble on it. Which is also about 80... <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Homer Simpson car price. Because the car that he made was $82,000. Oh, but horrible green with the bubble and stuff. So for the wreck... Rec- Persephone. Was that what it was called? I think so. Oh, no, it's called the Homer. It's called the Homer? The what Homer. am I thinking of? The Persephone. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm thinking of a different franchise. We're talking about the Homer Sim- like the Simpsons. Yeah, no, not Homer's in the Iliad. No, 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 no. That's not that. No, there was something else. Maybe I'm thinking of Dilbert when they were because constantly the the um one of the running jokes in, in Dilbert was that you know any project you know the most important part is is the name and you have to get that right. And Dilbert's point is, no, let's actually think of something to something to launch. And no, 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 no. We've got to have a name. We've got to have a cool name. The Persephone. The Persephone. Okay. Although well, I thought I thought that was in the Simpsons in the in the boardroom when they're deciding on the name. They might be it might be there, maybe, but they call it the Homer. Right. And it's terrible. And it's eighty two thousand American dollars. <laughs> so you could you could you could argue that this car <laughs> is sort of their prediction of the DeLorean's modern day price. They've done it again. Maybe. You could stretch it. I would. Um, all right. Speaking of Bedazzled, Please. the film that we're reviewing. The good film that yeah. we're reviewing, mind <laughs> you. We're, not, we're so sidetracked, but it's a good film this time. It really is good. Um, audiences agree uh, with a 6.0 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes 50% critical and 42% audience. 
Now, that compared to the original, surprising, the original has a higher rating. I don't know if that's just nostalgia or people sort of retroactively, you know, giving it more importance than it has. I don't think it's as funny. But then again, I don't really like cooking more as a, as a duo. I, did, I never gelled with their sort of humour. Mm. So it had a 6.9 on IMDb, 78% critical. I will say, though, on IMDb, speaking in the original's favour, it was re- um, rated by almost 100,000 people, whereas the original has been rated by almost 8,500 people. So it might also be a case of people that have specifically sought the old one out. And, like and, and, and who liked it yeah. you know, enough to remember it. Yeah, certainly. Um, and it had a budget of 600000 the original, um, compared to the $48 million budget of the 2000 version. I have several questions. took $90 million at the box office, so it probably made all its money, probably didn't lose the studio any money. In what world, given the film that we watched with Bedazzled being longer and so many different sets and so and action sequences, did this film cost twenty eight thousand? Sorry, $28 million less yeah. than Dudley Do Right? And Dudley, that's exactly right. How is that possible? Again, Dudley was probably one of those projects that is, you know, a, a, a backroom deal for other projects going in, or you know, all the shitty ideas get pummeled into one idea, or they, you know, like like the Sony making a Spider-Man film every twenty years or so just to maintain the rights, yep. just to keep it in copyright, and who cares if it loses money, if if the film loses money because we make so much more on the periphery with all the other. Yeah, you know, just by owning the, the property rights to it, that we have to keep that going. Okay, so it could it could have been that as well, just to keep the rights to Rocky and Bullwinkle or Dudley Do Right or something. It could have been that as well, and who cares what the movie does because we're doing it. I to wonder how much they had to pay in licensing <coughs> fees for the characters. Maybe, 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 maybe the film was made in order to retain the, those licenses. Yeah. Why? You know, again, why? Whereas yeah. this actually competently. Made film, great story, great script, brilliant performances. Uh, not a shoestring budget, but yeah, sort of, I think, f- $50 million for a movie in 2000, late 90s, is yeah. perfectly reasonable. This is a really fun film. For a comedy too. And it's fun. And it looks great. Holds up really well. Yeah, it still looks pretty good. There's a... Uh, honestly, even the CGI is looks fine. great. The only, yeah. the only CGI that's... Um, really in it is the basketball uh, scene. And even then, a lot of the work is just done with clever camera work. They did the whole Gandalf thing with the Hobbits. Yeah, the forced it. perspective, yeah. yeah. And it looks really... It works. Great. It held up fine. Um, I think there's only, like, in terms of CGI, then the real things are, like, there's like a transformation from Liz Hurley into the devil, into giant Liz Hurley. Yeah, and and even fine. that looks fine. Yeah. Um, and that was like that had to be CGI in a sense because she was... You know, thirty stories high, and he was normal, but fragile. Like there was a, you couldn't do false perspective with that difference. I can't imagine. But even then, it's you know, it's a film trick. It's not necessarily CGI. It's just a film trick. So yeah, it looks really good. Honestly, still really funny. Um, I will say my only—it's not even a criticism. It's more of a criticism of how I felt about the character. I hated Elliot in this film. Now, the beginning. Funny you should say that, because when it was screen tested, uh, the audience found him so pathetic originally. And he was seriously toned down, and a lot of that, a lot of that early Elliot stuff was cut out or cut down to oh what God. it is now, just because the audience found him so pathetic. And I'm with you too. I hate the early Elliot character. Yeah, he is such a dweeb. And we're meant to think that his work colleagues are bullies. Honestly, 
He's he, just a really annoying guy. He's forcefully annoying. He tries to insert himself and be friendly and, you know, make those Doesn't jokes. Doesn't read the cues of this conversation shouldn't be happening. Not at all. Here, yeah. take a look at my speakers. And uh-huh, yeah, I'm really interested. I'm on my way you. to a business meeting. Oh, cool. Well, here's 30,000 photos to look at. Yeah. Like, he's so toned down. <laughs> hey, um, you guys all told me you were busy and here you aren't drinking. Yeah, we understand if you don't want to join us, Elliot. <laughs> no, I will. I'll join you. And I'll take over the conversation and yep. yeah, make stupid jokes at everybody's expense. Yeah, he's such a dweeb. He's really unlikable. It wasn't even like, yeah, okay, obviously he's really nerdy and socially awkward, I guess. But he's also kind of an annoying. It wasn't even just that he's not getting these cues. He was frustrating to watch and not because yeah. he was sad, because he was just like the kind of guy you wouldn't want to spend time with. Get away from me. Like it wasn't yeah. like he was like oh well like you don't look at him and feel bad for him you look at him and you're like go away yeah I'm so glad he's with those other people yeah you know um, so that's my only criticism of that <laughs> um, but thankfully he has a complete character shift the second the devil walks in very quickly because Elliot the second he meets um, Lucifer whatever what's her actual name in this film just the devil yeah she just calls herself the devil yeah because yeah I have many names but you can yeah, yeah. the second he meets her. Completely different character. Not in a bad way. Like the film is better for it. I don't know if it's a different character because the way she sells him on selling his soul is to focus on Alison. Mm. And he's actually quite sweet when it's concerning Alison. It's awkward, but he's sweet and genuine in that, mm. yeah, he wants to be with her uh, and not and not hurt her. He's not he's not trying to get her for himself. He's just in love and, yeah. and that's that's what he wants. Which is it's sweet, I guess. It's sweet, and that's and that's how she gets him in on it. And then we start down the rabbit hole of all his all his wishes. Okay, can we talk about the devil's plan here? Yeah. So obviously, the devil wants him to <coughs> use up all of his wishes because then the deal is done. Yeah. And the soul is guaranteed. Yep. Is the devil fucking up his wishes on purpose to do yeah. this? Or is this yeah. literally a monkey's paw situation where his wishes aren't specific enough? No, the devil is mischievous and you know, she's having fun with it. Is that how it goes in the original as well? Yeah. I figured it must because yeah. there's seven wishes in the original as things, well. Things go wrong um, because it's just fun for the devil. That's that's how the devil gets his kicks. Yep. Side question. Every time he makes a wish and he goes like he's transported and becomes a drug lord or whatever, you know? Parallel universe? Because all of his colleagues come with him. Yeah. Is he is he is he is it a parallel world that's being created for him? Uh, I always interpreted it as you know just the devil conjuring up a thing like he never leaves the nightclub. Yep. That he's in, it just all happens there. Yep. Uh, at the devil's concoction, or you know, it's all just a imagined um, thing in his mind that none of it is actually happening for real. Because what does it matter at that point? You know, he's he signed the contract. His soul is belongs to the devil now. All she has to do is you know fulfill these seven wishes. And what does it matter if um if it's all if it's all fictitious? Yeah, he's not going to know the difference. And at the end of it, it's going to end. He's going to you know she's going to find a way for him to um not like it, and he'll six 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 out of there. And that's it. Seventh wish is done. Your soul is mine. Okay. And she and she keeps that first one. Right, the the Big Mac and Coke, or some stupid wish just to prove I'm the devil, keeps that one in the bag so that you're doing your sixth wish, thinking that you've got one more in the bag, so you six 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 out, and then she goes, well, that's your seventh one, your soul is mine, yep. deal done, on to the next person. Oh, 
sneaky bitch. But it doesn't happen that way. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> we'll go from the beginning, I guess. Is, yes. that, is there unless there's any more trivia that's worth noting or anything? Or uh, the thing about um, Harold Ramis' involvement was um, the most interesting thing, I guess. Mm. Uh, the only other thing I had was that the classroom scene was a reshoot. Yep. Um, and they all had to fly into London in order to do it because uh, Fraser had already started work on The Mummy 2. Mm. Had a small window of two days. It had to be in London. So Ramus flew the whole crew out there to, to reshoot the classroom scene. Okay. In London, which worked. Elizabeth Hurley, is she British as well? I think she has yeah. an accent. No, yeah, she's English. Because yeah, also Austin Powers as well, I should have guessed. So she was probably already there. <laughs> Maybe. And he was there. So really, <laughs> they just need to fly in a bunch of... Well, they would have been British school kids anyway. Yeah. Just grab a cameraman, man. Yeah. Fly himself there. Anyway. Yeah, that's a, yeah, 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 I'm sure he had a small crew. So uh, that's it. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, yeah, so we've kind of gone over the general plot, but effectively, Elliot's pathetic character. He's a girl that he's in love with who really, really doesn't know who he is. And the devil approaches him and says, hey, if you summon your soul, I'll give you seven wishes. And that's the, the best part about reviewing this film, Andrew, is because we can break this film into seven scenes <laughs> because there's seven wishes. No, there are only five that are exercised. Six that are exercised. And uh, Big Mac and Coke. Big Mac and Coke to start with. So actually one of the funnier bits in the movie, like the movie's pretty funny the whole way through, but to prove the point before the deal's even signed, the devil says, what do you want? Make yeah, a request. I'll, I'll make it happen. And this is actually really a telling scene. And I, I was, I want to go over why I liked this. He says, I wish for a Big Mac and Coke. Yep. So a bus pulls up instantly. Yep. And your first assumption is someone's going to get off the bus and hand them a Big Mac and Coke or something. Nope. Nope. They get onto the bus. Yeah. <laughs> they sit there. They get off. <laughs> she goes up to a McDonald's and she orders him a Big Mac and Coke. And the really important part here, and this is why I think this film is really clever. The attendant says, would you like fries with that? Nope. No. Big Mac and Coke. 3.47. Yep. Pay the girl. He pays. I left my wallet in the underworld. Yep. So he's miffed because he paid for yeah. the Coke. I could have done that. I could <laughs> His complaint, I didn't even get fries. Yeah. And honestly, that is telling you so much. You got Exactly, exactly what, you, what you wished for. That's exactly right. You may have wanted fries, yep. but you said I wish for a Big Mac and Coke. Yep. And she doesn't say that to him, but it's all outlined right there. Yeah, These are the rules. And that's why I like this Isn't scene. Isn't that great? Yeah. Because it's just like, yeah. I was and you're going to pay for it. Hmm? Listen, yep. Whatever you wish for, you're going to get it, but you're going to pay for it as well. Yep. It's so concise and it, it kind of gets thrown away as a sort of throwaway gag. Yeah. And I mean, yes. It's it, layered. It it's a brilliant script. Yeah. Really well done. So he goes to the nightclub. That, that, that's his first unofficial wish. We'll come back to that towards the end of the film though. Yeah. Um, but he does that. He hasn't signed any contracts yet. Devil manipulates him into, ma into making the deal because he can use these wishes to be with Allison. So that's sort of his... That's how she sells it. Yeah. yeah. Because he's really not interested in the wishes and yeah, I can have all this stuff, so what? I don't care. And then the little video of Allison on the beach and this long-haired Fabio coming up and kissing her turns his head and it's and it's Elliot looking, looking beautiful and just going sign it sign the contract so that you can be with me I'll see if I can get the exact phrasing well, it's, it's, it's then just played over in a, in the loop of Alan, of Allison sort of looking longingly uh, from the from the TV screen just going sign it Elliot and be with me sign it sign it all right so first wish he makes. He wishes to be rich and powerful and Alison to be his wife. Yep. That's what he wishes yep. for. And to be married to Alison, yeah. Yes. Specifically. Yep. 
So I'll try it because the, I guess the importance of his phrasing. Yep. As he'll learn throughout the entire film, you've got to be really careful. Was it The Simpsons? I wish for a turkey sub. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, turkey's a little dry. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, want, I don't want to be turned into a turkey myself. Yep. I don't want the turkey sub to eat me. I just want a regular turkey sub. Whatever it is. Um. So he wakes up in bed with Allison. He's got long hair and mustache. It's really fun. The big it's joke. A palace. Yeah. He's in a palace. And he, through the course of the scene, will discover that he's rich and powerful as a Colombian drug lord. Um, it's a really nicely done thing. Like, you've, you've got the whole setup. He's, he's got the palace. He's got his um, uh, his guys. He discovers he he's speaking Spanish. And he can speak Spanish. That's fine. Okay. That's Very funny, I, actually. That's just what I do. Yes, when he realizes. Yeah, because he's in, in Spanish. He's like, yeah. butler. Oh, no, sorry. I don't speak Spanish. In Spanish, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then the then his posse want to meet him at, at his stables. And he's like, oh, my God, my stables. Of course, my stables. I'm so rich. I've yep. got stables. Uh, and they reveal to him that um, there's something funky going on with Alison and her English teacher, Raul. Raul, yep. Uh, and he tests her, and she's not that good at English after after six months. And yep. okay, that's all right. That's a little bit They're suspicious. Hands. But yeah, yeah. She squeezes his butt, and mm, yeah, okay. Yep. That's what's funny. He rips off a little bit of his mustache. It's exactly <laughs> right. great. He's got a band aid for the rest of the scene. Yep. Uh, and then they say, "There's trouble at the factory. Let's go." This is great. And all right, he kind of gets swept up in it and a couple of military jeeps show up and, and a black SUV. And okay, I guess I just go along with these guys and off he goes. Uh, they get to the factory and they've caught a thief. Yep, stolen like a, was a yep. half and a he, kilo. And, and he says, uh, we've got to deal with this thief. Um, he stole half a kilo. And this is this is a wonderful setup. I I, I kind of wish, and maybe in a, in, in a skit, it could have gone a different way. This is a brilliant setup. Elliot, this naive guy, right? He's dressed in white. He looks like Pablo Escobar. He doesn't realize it. And he's going, half a kilo? That's it? That's what we came all the way out into the jungle for, to, you know, for a guy who stole half a kilo of what is this, sugar, flour, and. Oh, it's cocaine. This is cocaine. Oh, shit. I've just realized what's going on here. I'm a Colombian drug lord, which means now I have to kill the thief in a horribly murderous way. That doesn't happen, but I wish that, yeah. that, that brilliant setup for that kind of, you know, lulling, lulling the guy into the thing. But he realizes he's a Colombian drug lord. And, oh my God, this is how everything's gone wrong. Raul is there to take over the operation well, and kill everybody. That's all the, 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 there's also some yeah. Russians there and they're upset yes. <laughs> because the last shipment they got was bad quality. And he's like, oh, of course I speak Russian too. Like, he's so <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah. So Raul has a little insurrection on him and a little coup, if you will. And um, yeah, he has to evacuate the the wish because he's now falling from a helicopter into his death. Raul's trying to kill him. Yeah. Yep. So he's got this little pager that the devil gave him, and if for any reason your wish goes wrong, just press six 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 and it'll end. And that's and that's like, it. Why would my wish go wrong? Oh, it's just, oh, just in case. Just, just yeah. In case. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I do wonder if he were to have died in the wish, would that have nulled the contract? Ah, interesting. Because he never filled the ending. Um, but yeah, the contract was so dense, maybe it had a clause too bad. But then the devil wouldn't get her kicks, you know. Yeah. The whole point is to torture him before she gets the soul. Yeah, I'm just big contract though. Because what better way to torture somebody than to than to take away from them something that they thought they were going to get? Yeah. Rather than just flat out torturing them. So that's the With drug pain. dealer wish. 
Yeah, and then he zaps out. Uh, she's a parking inspector then, which is also a scene in the original, and she's walking around, you know, flipping everything to expired. Yeah. And he says to her, hey, what the hell is going on? You made me a drug lord. And she says, hey, I fulfilled the wish. You were rich, you were powerful, and you were married to Alison. But she didn't you love said, me. You said nothing about that. <laughs> yep. Big Mac and Coke. Yeah. Maybe have a think about what she would want. And he yeah. wishes to be sensitive, right? Oh, I th- I think they, they, they go to her place. Yeah. Kind of in, in this ghostly form so they can't interact with her. And she um, and the devil picks a, picks a, a look at her uh, diary. And, and the diary says in there, well, we don't know what the diary says because it's just the devil reading out aloud. Elliot never confirms it for himself. It says in there, oh, I wish, you know, I, I really like sensitive guys and I wish, you know, the guys I met were, were more sensitive. And then Elliot, once again, without thinking Brilliant through, light bulb moment. <laughs> which is to be the most sensi- sensitive man <laughs> in the world. And then he corrects himself, uh, emotionally sensitive. <laughs> and Devil goes, oh, I could have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, we'll have it your way. <laughs> so he becomes this pasty little ginger boy. Mm-hmm. Who cries at the sunset? <laughs> and this is—it's so beautiful. This is a funny scene, but it's about five minutes he, total. It's he, quick. He does wish for for Allison to love him, yes, to be in love with him, and that's fine, fine, fine. I'll have I'll have you as the most emotionally sensitive man in the world, and Allison will love you. Perfect. Yep. So she loves him. They're together. They've been dating three weeks. Mm-hmm. He's like madly in love with her. The relationship's weirdly in advance. He draws portraits of her in seconds. Yep. And she loves it. But he's an absolute pussy. Yep. And she's not interested in that whatsoever. A bunch of junk show up, kick sand in his face, and Allison's into that. And she literally just leaves with him. Yep. She's, that's, that's what I want. I love you. I love you, Elliot. You're great. What I want is somebody who's going to forget my name and just wants to fuck me. Yep. So six and six out of there. It's out of all the skits, probably one of the most forgettable ones for me. Yeah, rememberable. So memorable it's, is it's part of the series, and it's Elliot learning about himself as well. Well, they kind of take the, none, none of them are as big as the drug lord sequence. That one was probably the longest because it sets up the whole thing. Yeah, which is probably the most fun for me. Um, yeah. Not that they're the worst in comparison, but they're all shorter. I really like the writer actually. The right one's really interesting, yeah. but well, I guess we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. So he gets out and he decides to work out maybe women don't know what they want because I I, <laughs> I asked myself to be exactly like she wanted in her diary and it was wrong. Yeah. And But, you know, reality is now showing that Allison wants a different kind of guy. And what was the phrasing? So, so Elliot says, yes, I um, I realised that she wants, uh, you know, a tough guy. So that's, that, that's what I'm going to be. I want to be. I want to be a big guy. I want to be athletic. I want to be rich. I, I want to be a professional basketball player. I want to be popular for something that I'm good at. Yeah, not just not just popular and famous because he already learned his lesson from the first one of being powerful. Now he wants to be powerful for something that he actually enjoys doing. Fine, yep. okay. And he wishes to be a professional basketball player for the Diablos, which is in in the original t- scene, like the first scene before he even meets the devil in his office. He has a Diablos banner yeah. at his desk, yeah. so it's yeah. not just the devil didn't just make up a devil <laughs> team. There was one there for him. Do you know what the opposing team are no i didn't see their team name is the shirts the shirts the shirts <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> all right um so he is a seven foot something basketball player and he's great he beats wilt chamberlain's uh record for for points scored in any single game yeah he's wonderful he's single-handedly i mean he's a he's a team player as well the team like he's him. a nice guy yeah he's, he's, not, he's not hated he's not like you know 
completely, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, Self-centered um, or... Yeah, and he's, and, and he's not just leading this team. You know, it's just four other guys on the <laughs> on the court and him is. as the star. No, no, the whole team is good and, and he does that. But he's, um, he's lost his articulation. Well, he's very dumb now. Yeah. We're very dumb. Yeah, we play, we play very well and uh, we did very well. There's, yeah, there's no iron team. Got to give 110%. And, uh, got to give 110%. And he's sweating. Oh, so I love that. Just every time it cuts back, that, that whole scene, I love the whole setup. And it's a gag that you either get or you don't straight away. Yep. You've got the reporter there who's... I, 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 <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to say it because I'll, I'll screw up the joke, but it's, it's just... Uh, um, he's very articulate. He's using very verbose, yep. you know, vocabulary, very articulate. And then cuts straight to Ellie, just going, "Oh yeah, we we play pretty good." And There's always that pause as well. Where you can see like the cogs ticking in his brain. Like I have no idea what you said. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a, yeah, it's a team effort, and uh, yeah, we did pretty good. This is one of my funniest, like the devil screwing him over moments, though. Um, so Allison's a that's report- not the end of the joke. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Allison is a reporter in this world, mm-hmm. and. She's in the locker room, wants to get an interview with him, and she is hitting on him very hard. Okay, she's not hiding it at all. No, she's pretty she's, much just uh, like, I like to fuck you, professional basketball player. Is yeah. The, is the, yeah. My, that was me being subtle. So, And I'm sure there's a uh, big reason why uh, why you'd like to uh, have this one-on-one with me. Your ego must be huge after yeah. a game like yeah. that. Yeah, You must be positively bulging with uh, with uh, excitement. Because you're seven foot tall, I imagine you have a gigantic <laughs> penis. Oh, so once he finally understands what she's saying, he drops his towel and we don't see it because this, is a, this a is a movie, but he's got a micro dick yep. from what we can tell. Yep. And she can, she is like, I'm done. I'm 180, out. not interested. Yeah. Not interested. And at he all. looks down and the scream he gives <laughs> when he sees his dick is so fucking funny. Damn, the devil to hell. (laughs) And then, of course, he goes to 666 out. He's so stupid. He's trying every possible three-number combination apart from 666. He's got written all over his locker, 666. And he picks up the post-it note, turns it upside down, and tries 999. And and that was the thing. Everything else was perfect. He didn't mind being dumb. But, yep, he wanted to have... Just a, at least a regular sized dick. I can't remember how the devil justifies that. Like he he says to her, "You you gave me a tiny little thing." I can't remember how she gets out of that. Mm. How she justifies out of that? I have to watch it again. But in any case, uh, she kind of uh, I I think she just um, gets him back onto the point that um, he wasn't as clever as uh, as he would like to be, and he wasn't that. So gets him onto the next wish straight away. See, if I was him and he really liked that world. I would have just repeated the same wish with the proviso. Now that's an interesting lesson that he never picks up of just, okay, let's have the same wish, but with this refinement. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause everything else he was happy with. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have gone back to the drug Lord one because even if Allison loved him in that reality, mm. it's a dangerous life. Sure. And you can be rich in other ways that don't sure. revolve you having to have an armed militia, you know? Um, the sensitive one, scrap that. But the basketball one was the first one that was like 99% what he wanted. It was just that one. Could have been, but then if you play that out and you only make the one refinement, okay, make my make my dick a lot bigger, then Allison's only there as the reporter to get the story and have have the one night stand and that's it. Then she's out of there because she's not interested in being with this dumb guy. I know, but then I guess he's still the famous celebrity like yeah. he probably have a fun life anyway. Well and so he 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 makes his next wish and he says, 
<clears throat> okay, I, I liked everything that happened in that one except for the dick. Um, make me articulate. Yep. Because that's what I want to be. Make me well-known and well-liked intelligent. Um, and yeah, make me, you know, not comically large, but yeah, give me a pretty big one. Like, I want a big dick, big one. not... <laughs> the way the way he phrases is like not the size of a planet, yeah. You know, like just like you know, respectable, not a, not, a, not a practical joke size. Yeah. I think he says, yeah. Which is like once again, he's learning exactly. He's like, can't say I want a big yeah. one because it'll be like the size of a, like a human leg, and I won't be able to move or something. And she goes, "Done. That's fine. I can work within those terms." And an elevator opens. He's looking good in a suit. This is the, the most Brendan Fraser looking person oh. in the movie though. This is what looks like like actual yeah. Hollywood Brendan Fraser. Yeah. And yeah. And he's a writer writing about the postmodern collapse of, you know, French and German society after the First World War. And oh God, who reads this stuff? I can't imagine who does, but yeah, award winning and yeah, he's already won his Pulitzer and it hasn't even been published. All, the the signed characters, Orlando Jones. Great. Um, I can't think of the other guy's name, but I know he played Nitro in Down Periscope. Uh, got, also very funny guy. Does an excellent Frank Sinatra impersonation. We've got Paul Adels, uh, Adelstein, or Adelstein and Toby Huss. They're the it's three got to be one of those Jones. two. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of which one's which. But he is, he is just fantastic. And Orlando Jones is fantastic, who I only really know from Evolution. Evolution. He's yeah. really good at and, that. And, and Mad TV. I really liked him in Mad yeah. TV. Uh, but he's uh, yeah, articulate. Everybody loves him. He's you know wealthy. He knows all this stuff. Uh, Allison is there, very interested in him as as an author. Uh, and she just says, "Look, I'm." She's talking to to the hostess. Just I I want to approach him, but I'm so intimidated. And she says, "No, God, just let him do all the talking. He's he's happy with yeah. that." And he does, and he talks a lot about uh, that. A Pulitzer Prize in the 350 will get you a buck, uh, cup of coffee. Get a, get a cafe latte. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is actually just very witty. He's, he's very witty. And Alison loves him, oh. and he likes her. They have a great time. He invites her back to back to his place. Uh, and they again talking about, oh, decoration's really nice. You know, the decor is it's all beautiful. And, the, you know, he says... Um, uh, there's some joke, so, something Alison mentioned about screaming and, and uh, Elliot says, oh, most of the screaming happens in the bedroom, so let's go there. Where we're greeted with Elliot's boyfriend. <laughs> You've been out all night again. He's <laughs> so angry with him. And who is this? Who is this hussy you brought back? I did like the... Um, I'm not gay. It's like, yeah, really? Name the cast of some obscure musical that I've never the, heard the of. The Pajama Game re- revival. <laughs> oh my God, I am gay. Kisses Allison. Has him to prove that he's not yeah, gay. Feels absolutely nothing. Confirms for himself. Thank you very much for stopping by. Shakes her hand and off she goes. <laughs> oh, God, the Brilliant. Dance. It's so funny. It's really funny. He can't win. I no, guess it's the no. end game here. Like, <laughs> even when he gets exactly what he wants, you can't factor in every possible variable. So, next wish <laughs> again, he's he's confronted the devil about you're just trying to find ways to to screw this up, aren't you? And she says, "No, look, you know, give and take a little bit. I'm trying to get it right too. You know, I'm learning. I don't know much about you. That's why you have seven. You got to, you know." Got to experiment and, and refine it down. We're a team. And he says, okay, I'm I'm done with Alison now. You know, it's clear that she doesn't want me and I'm so put off being with her that that's it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm scrapping the whole Alison thing. 
I'm going to, you know, sacrifice myself and I'm going to do something. I'm going to fulfill a duty. I'm going to fulfill a public service. I wish to be the president of the United States. Can I say, this is funnily enough, one of the funniest jokes in the yeah. film. <laughs> but every time I forget about it, I forget this existed. Because it's, 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 like, it's like a one and a, minute, one and a half to two minute scene. It's not one of the longer ones, that's right. <laughs> but it's genuinely very funny. I wish to be the president of the United States. Done. <laughs> what, a, what a service. What a, what a brave and proud moment this is, Elliot. <laughs> Your wish is my command. And he takes a look in the mirror and he's <laughs> a beard and stovepipe hat and <laughs> he's Abraham Lincoln and he's going to a play. He's at the, he's at the theater. <laughs> he's at the theater. <laughs> Desperately looking for his pager and looks like a cell phone. Everybody's looking around. Pager? Cell phone? What the hell are you talking about? Oh. It's 1865. This is great. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, even if he was Abraham Lincoln at the start of his life, he, he he knows what's coming. He knows yeah. he knows he's going to get assassinated. The uh, John Wilkes Booth comes in, says six emperor Tyrannus, uh, Tyrannus, and um, Elliot stops him. Goes wait wait wait. <laughs> Presses six 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 and all right, shoot me now. <laughs> oh poor Elliot. So <sighs> Elliot has at this point he believes two wishes left. Yes, and the devil's like, oh, you got one. Big Mac and Coke. That's exactly right. And he argues that's not fair. And she's like, um, I'm the devil. <laughs> yeah. So you've got one wish and make it because I've got a lot of shit to do. Uh, we've got to we've got to exercise this contract. So get snapping. And there's you mean the fine print. You've got a certain time frame. Apparently yeah. the contract needs yeah. to be met with him. And he says, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to write out the clock on this one. I'm not giving up my soul. Your wishes are crap anyway. I'm just not going to do it. Yep. So he goes to a priest. To, compl- to be like, hey, I need to speak to God because I'm being jibbed on this contract. <laughs> um, he gets taken away by police. Yeah, he says, oh, I really, you know, the priest uh, is a, not um, Peter Boyle, um, Brian Doyle-Murray. Yep. Uh, kind of says, yeah, you know, I, I deal with a lot of weird stuff. Why don't you, why don't, why don't you try me? Why don't you, why don't you tell me what's going on? And he says, "Well, I sold my soul to the devil, and you know, I've got a number of number of wishes that I've exercised, and I've got one more to exercise that I really don't want because she just screws them up, and I really don't want to lose my soul." And for some reason, he has the police come and come and arrest him. I guess sound, I guess under a drunken disorderly. This is going to sound charge. stupid. Yeah, is that Bill Murray's brother? Yeah, because they look I really similar no, age he, difference though. Yeah, he, he's in everything. He plays the mayor in Groundhog Day. That um, is him. Yeah. But he's actually his brother? Yeah. Like the or a half-brother or something. I'm sure there's some. But there's a brother of Joel, yeah. Bill, and John Murray. There you go. I thought he looked really familiar, and then you said Murray, and I was like, yeah. oh, and there's a connection, obviously, no, with um, Howard Ramis there. He's in a lot of Bill Murray films, too. Hmm. He's still alive. He shows up. Yeah, good. Anyway. Um, yeah, so he's taken away. Um, and, okay, interesting scene, because uh, apparently there's some debate over the character we meet in this scene. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain what we see and then we'll go into what you saw and what I saw. Sure. So he's in a cell because he's, you know, quote, drunk. And there is an African-American gentleman in there who effectively gives him a bit of spiritual guidance. And the implication is that this man is something, a little bit more than what he seems. And the debate is whether or not this man is, in fact, God or an angel. Uh, okay, yes. My interpretation was God. But I could also see Angel. I wouldn't fight anyone on that one. But he's at least sent there 
and he's on the side of the, the he's on the good side, and that kind of gets confirmed later on at the end, the very end of the film. We get we see this character again. Well, the whole way through the film, like there's one point that Elliot kind of discusses it, brings up God, and angels aren't brought up um, in the original Bedazzled. It is kind of uh, mentioned why the devil is the devil, and. Peter Cook gets up on a on a letterbox and just says, "Okay, let's say I'm God. You Dudley, you you play me." Uh, and he says, "How do I do that?" And just go, "Oh well, uh, you know, just lavish affection upon me and dance around for for my pleasure, and just keep telling me you love me, right?" And after about a minute or so of this, Dudley goes, "Oh God, I wish <laughs> I wish I was up on the box and getting some of this love." And Peter Cook goes, "Yes, that's exactly how I felt. That's exactly why I was I was cast out." There's none of that in this one, but it is. God and the devil mentioned no other angels. Mm. And it's just him and him and me, and that's that's the only that's the only reference we get to any sort of afterlife. And this the film supernatural stuff, yeah, does confirm God's a, a male in this law, sure, because she says yes, it is a he. Him and me, every, yeah, every yeah. man thinks he is God. This one just happens to be right. <laughs> um, but and yeah, we see at the very end of the film, um, this gentleman and the devil are playing chess. Yeah, so he's not just some random prisoner. Yeah, he is in fact something of someone of note, whether it be God or an angel. This isn't a biblical interpretation of the God and the devil. It's more of that, um, you know, good and evil. Yeah, that they're representatives of, of two sides, or mischief and and um, uh, morality. Yep. <coughs> but anyway, his message is: devil can't take what you you can't sell the devil what you don't own. Yeah, which does raise a couple of questions. If that is God saying, "Well, your contract's void anyway," so what the hell is the devil? You know. Counting on, yep. Is it just counting on Elliot not making a not making a fuss once the seventh wish is done, just to say your soul is mine? Um, so voluntarily, you know, come down to this cage, and that's how she gets them. Yep. Yeah, who knows? So he makes his final wish, which is completely self-sacrificing. It has nothing to do with him at all. He just says, "Look, I love Allison, so I just wish for her to have a good life." And this pisses the devil off. Yep, but because the contract's void. This is the little Nicky ending where little Nicky dies doing something good. So he goes to heaven rather than hell and he gets angel powers, except I mean, it's obviously different, but it's the concept of self-sacrifice um, negates some sort of Faustian yeah. pact or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, cool. Yep, undoes the contract. Devil's not even that bitter about it. She's like, this is the first time this has ever happened to me. Yeah. It's fine. Kind of, kind of amazing. In 6,000 years, kind of amazing. Yep. Um, and just saying, like, yeah, no one ever reads a contract. <laughs> but to be fair, if you did read the contract and did it, I don't think it would count because you did it knowing that the it would save you. The devil would find a way around that. That's exactly right. Ignorance is probably what saved him in this case. But <laughs> um, that's the same reason you couldn't repeat it. Like if she said, do you want to do another seven wishes? He could never get out of it again no. because he'd, he'd be knowingly cheating the system. That's right. And it would be obvious. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Elliot has changed as a character. He you know becomes himself again. He's uh, free and clear of the of the uh, soul obligation that he that he had to the devil, um, but he's got a lot more confidence in himself, a lot more self esteem. Um, his workmates, when he shows up for work the next day, uh, he shows up late, uh, and he gets chastised by the boss, and and he just kind of stands up to the boss and just says, "Fine, okay, if you're going to do something about it, then do something about it. Otherwise, leave me alone and let me do my job." Uh, so pendulum swinging <laughs> right yep. the way on the other side. Uh, one of his workmates that um, was justifiably annoyed by his behaviour in the past comes up to him and just tries to make fun of him uh, and he just grabs him 
by yep. the things. Doesn't say anything. Just grabs him by the by the collar just to show him. No, it's not gonna. It's not gonna, not gonna work today. This isn't. This isn't me anymore. And I will say, and I thought it was really funny. Um, the actress, like that was like the female coworker. Looks a little bit flustered. Yeah, when she's saying, yeah. Up "Oh, it's great when they're all coming down, <laughs> coming back down into the cubicle from, from the glass," yeah. and you've got the um, the guy who played his his boyfriend in one of the scenes. He's in in the walkway, but <laughs> he just does this funny. Oh yeah, I better I better go down. To, I better go down too. Yep. Um, and then yeah, Elliot goes back to his apartment, and there's a quirky lady moving in above him and below him. He helps her out, and they start dating. Looks exactly like Allison, but is. Uh, is nerdy, is into the same speakers as, as he is because they're the best. Uh, was it the same actress? Yeah. Okay, I was Fran- Frances O'Connor, she was Australian. Or well, she is Australian. I was no, surprised she's an expat. We got rid of her. <laughs> I've, no, I've Listening to her in interviews um, with that very obvious Australian accent, it sounds so bizarre. I've never heard her speak in her normal voice before, in her normal accent. Hmm. Only ever heard her with an American accent. Oh, she's from AI. The Steven Spielberg movie. Was she the mother in that? I, or, let me see. I don't even know. See. I have to just go and but see. But she, she's certainly done a lot of work, yeah. She's not a nobody. And she's good. She's, she's good as Alison because yeah. she plays multiple versions of Alison too. She's top build in AI. Just as, just as many as, uh, uh, as Elliot plays versions of himself. This would have been a really fun film to act on, I think. Yeah. Like, cool. I well, get to do how many I, characters? I did I, I did watch a lot of the behind the scenes. I wanted to see the gag reel, yeah. but I only saw behind the scenes stuff. And a lot of the interviews were, yeah, one of the reasons for signing on to this was playing so many different characters all, you know, tied together with yeah. this one central character. Yeah, of course, I'm, I'm an actor. Of course, I'm going to do that. That sounds really fun. And I, like the range from the, the drug lord <laughs> to the sensitive man yeah. to the, the writer yeah. to the basketball player, like, oh, they're all big shifts. Yeah. Um, yeah, really and, and and Brendan Fraser himself in in one of the interviews. Okay, it's really easy to say when you make millions to say, okay, if I wasn't making millions, I'd still be acting, <laughs> because you are making millions. Yeah. But he said, yeah, if I if I wasn't in Hollywood doing movies and I was just in a community theater doing this stuff or or you know touring the road or or, or doing um uh, doing puppet shows with the things, I'd still be acting because it's just something I, I love yeah. doing. And you can see why with a role like this. This is fun and he's good in this mm. and Frances O'Connor is good as Alison terrifically acted and Liz Hurley is the devil it's brilliantly performed all the way through especially the side cast you know everybody brings their A game this is a fantastic film well, I've given away the verdict well, but- <laughs> go. let me hit the, the fun music button and we'll, and we'll get there you've heard the good you've heard the bad a lot of opinions a couple facts it's verdict time yeah obvious recommend this is so far, out of all the Brendan Fraser films we've done, so we've done George of the Jungle, Blast in the Past, Dudley Do-Right, and this. This, I think, is my favourite. I, Blast I the would past, say exactly the same, yeah. like, favourite Brendan Fraser film of all. I'd have to go back and check a couple. I I like The Mummy. I like Blast from the Past. I really like Bedazzled. Yeah. It, I think this is my favourite Brendan Fraser film. It's a rare 90-minute comedy that didn't feel too quick, didn't feel too long. It felt like the absolute perfect length. It never overstayed its welcome, and it wasn't too brief. And you could say you should leave a movie wanting a bit more, but I was completely satisfied. Yeah. Yep. There's no down moment in the film. You're interested all the way through, and re-watching it, there's no... There's no point where you go or skip over it. Even uh, you know, Elliot being the sensitive, most sensitive man in the world version of himself, that's the most boring mm. of all of them. But even that isn't a low point in the film. It's still a part of the story and, and, and you watch it happily. 
And even for a boring moment, it's what, a two, three minute scene? It, it knows not to overstay its welcome. It's kind of funny because he <laughs> keeps looking at the sun and just said already, I'm sick of crying. I've made, you know, dolphin-free tuna niswas for, oh, for us to God. share. And Alison's just not interested. And you see it building in her. Just, I love you, but this is too much. I can't take yeah. it. Just fuck me already. Um, but yeah, uh, easy recommend. Um, so I guess next week we'll kind of amend it. We're doing Airheads. Please. And? I can't find it anywhere, but yeah, oh we God. definitely should do it. So we'll do Airheads and we'll do the week after that, Monkey Bone. And then if we feel so daring, maybe we'll go into the Mummy Trilogy. Maybe this is just a year of Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Until the rest of the cast comes back with us, it's just Andrew and Seb reviewing Brendan Fraser films. <laughs> he's a likable guy. I like him. Yeah. And he's got a weirdly diverse range of films under him. We could go into like deep dramas if we wanted to with the guy as well. Like there's nothing keeping us to these weird 90s comedies. We can go serious as well. I was just going to say, I don't think I've seen anything he's done for the last 15 years. He's been working the whole time. Yeah. It just they've all been smaller projects, more independent films. I haven't seen a single one of them. He was in some Western TV show, but I can't remember what it was called. Apparently it was pretty good, but I don't know. I'm sure we'll find some stuff. But if we want to do the mummy films and the next two, we've got five more to go, plus Looney Tunes back in action later this year. We can do ten to eleven Brendan Fraser films in a year. A fifth of our yearly catalogue can be Brendan Fraser. And because we missed so many weeks because of COVID, it's going to be more than a fifth. Texas Rising. That might be the show, the miniseries that he was in where he's a cowboy. Maybe. We'll find out. Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Second Take Media Review Podcast. Um, you can tweet me at Bastion underscore James and Jordan at Jordan MSPP. Uh, send us an email, secondtakepodcast at gmail.com or our website, secondtakepodcast.com. And finally, you can support the show on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash secondtake. So back next week with Airheads and the week after with Monkey Bone. Woohoo! I'm, so you've never seen Monkey Bone, right? Nope. Good. You're, but at least I get airheads. <laughs> you get airheads. Uh, maybe watch them in the in reverse order. Watch Monkey Bone first and then a palate cleanser of airheads. <laughs> I'll do it the other way around so I can come in bitter and cynical. It'll be great. Um, but thank you so much. And I still haven't changed the song, so please enjoy Tarzan Boy. Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.